Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and a special guest, Kellen Olson. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Kellen, go ahead. Do your gloating. It's fine. I understand. Huh? You can do your gloating. I understand. No, I'm saving that for Sunday. <laughs> you really want that, huh? No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I want, I want, I want them in. I, as much as today was a very rough display of basketball, I think you guys will agree with how ASU played. I really like watching them play. Tonight was a bad example of that, but I really like the way that they play, and I think that it's a good thing for the rivalry, quote unquote. Um, if they make the tournament and make some noise there, you know, it always helps out the basketball scene in the in the valley so i hope they get in yeah uh, jesse and i were talking about this on the way in there are a lot of likable people on this asu team because they've been uh, like kind of journeymen it's so to speak it's it's weird yeah. to call college basketball players journeymen because it hasn't been like this in, in the past but like it's it's becoming that way because of the transfer portal so like you you become like happy with these players or like excited for these guys who have been through it like Desmond Cambridge started at Brown and now he's in a power conference here at in the Pac-12 so it's it you become like enthralled with their stories you know yeah and I I think that what I was saying to Jeremy and we'll probably get further into this either today or Sunday but like I if they do not make the tournament, I do I do want them to accept a bid to the NIT because this group of players deserves to play for something. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the three point shooting of Arizona because it seemed like they couldn't miss at some points in this game. But then you look at Kirk Reese's numbers and he was just uh, obviously it's he's not a hundred percent. And you know at this point in the season, not everybody, not no one's really a hundred percent. But the three point shooting of Arizona is some of the best in the country. They just take it with so much confidence. Yeah, without Creesa, you look at Henderson, Ramey, Boswell, and Larson, they were the only four other guys who attempted three, and they were 9 of 12 combined. So Creesa's 1 of 7 bumped down what was still a stellar number, which was 53%. I mean, this is going to be the key for them in the tournament because uh, fortunately for us tonight, you guys did not double-team Umar Ballo. I know that that worked out pretty well in the last game where they won. He dealt with a lot of foul trouble that wasn't in the game as consistently, but I think that Ball is just a monster, and if you choose to just not double-team him, he goes from a player that is relatively not useless but just is tough to find consistent offense for in a role where he gets double-teamed to this where he can just dominate a game. Like He he only had 14 points, but it felt like he had 34 in this game. He was everywhere. I thought that Tubelis did not have a good game again in this game, and I thought that Ballo, towards the second half, started to open things up for Tubelis more. But when you pressure those two guys at like good teams in the tournament, and, and not to say that ASU isn't this, but I believe that schematically teams are going to double team ball. They're certainly going to double team two balls, but I think they're going to double ball as well. So it's going to come down to Cedric Henderson, Courtney Ramey, Kylan Boswell, Pella Larson, Kirk Reese hitting open threes. And, and if they can, then Arizona is going to beat almost any team in the country. But if they shoot somewhere around like 30, 35%, somewhere around there, then games are going to get interesting for them and they might lose games because their defense just has not really come together 
at this point of the year. But uh, I tweeted this, Henderson and Ramey have been much better in the last two months and have made me feel more confident in that in either one of them having a big game in every tournament game that Arizona plays going forward because I quite honestly think that they're going to do that because this uh, Tubelis development in the last six weeks is scaring the crap out of me. He scored 17 points. Anyway, Kellen, <laughs> this is what I was going to say. Hold on. Yeah, before... You can't look at the box score. He had five turnovers. He yeah. was just out of the game. D sings completely. If you look at his numbers over the last six weeks, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pull them up right now. He had a huge game, I, guess, I believe, against Stanford that kind of got him back on the right track. Sorry, USC. So he's coming up 25-24 and 20. But before that, he had 4-11-13 and 17. I know that those are still pretty good numbers, but we're talking about the guy who – and I was comparing him to Derek Williams three months ago with how he was dominating games statistically and just physically. And he just hasn't been that guy in the last six weeks. And especially the turnover numbers have just been all over the place. He's starting to look like he did in the NSA tournament. And I just don't know how far Arizona can go if he's not their defiantly best player. And he hasn't defiantly been their best player for the last six weeks. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Kellen, but as far as AS, from an ASU perspective, what Azulis Tabellis did tonight would be like a godsend for the Sun Devils. Like, I'm sorry, but something. Yeah, ASU's leading scorer was Frankie Collins with 11. Yeah, something that I really picked up on in this game, and I don't know if you noticed this as well, Kellen or Jeremy, you guys, um, but man, like, ASU struggles defending the the post and scoring in the post like it's also weird because you look at the offensive rebounding numbers and it wasn't as bad as it seemed yeah it, but like i'm saying <laughs> when they get the ball in the post like warren washington i i love the guy he's a great interview uh g- great kid but he's just st- he just struggled and i just i don't i was really excited that they finally had a legit big this year but like uh, as of late and in this game he really struggled and just kind of made me doubt that they can go up against a team with a really good big and you know come out <laughs> with a victory and then yeah. and that's there's so many teams in college basketball that have great big big men so uh, that that concerned me and like the backup is Alonzo Gaffney Duke Brennan really really honestly like I think Duke Brennan is the best uh, big right now, like he's playing the best of any of the rotation bigs on ASU at the moment. So I don't think you move him into the starting lineup. But he was the only one of the of the three bigs that that played big minutes today who had a block. I mean, yeah, like, like if, you're, he, if you're looking at numbers, but yeah, I, he defends well. He can score a little bit in the post. It's just they they got a they got a problem in the paint. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on this, and I mean there can be two sides to this argument, obviously. But when it comes to the Pac-12 tournament and most tournaments around the country if you're gonna if, if you're a six seed or lower you're gonna have to win four games in a row in four days to win the Pac-12 tournament and I, I was just I was thinking about this like that's so hard to do especially in college basketball I know Oregon State did it a few years ago but would you think college basketball would benefit from having it be first two games a break on Friday Saturday Sunday finish off um, I don't think so because I think the marathon sprint is what everyone is kind of in for. Uh, I just know people that I know who are more into the overall scope of college basketball than I am. They enjoy the, the having the game, game, game schedule. I, I understand part of what you're saying, or are you saying that it just like doesn't benefit 
Like it's it's it, there's it ben- a wear down it, effect. Well, yeah, but it, obviously it has to benefit the higher seeds, and I get that, right? It benefits the higher seeds for playing well in the regular season. I understand that, but like you saw, ASU stayed with U of A, I guess, like within ten points, but basically the rest of the whole game, and it gets to four minutes left, and they have no legs left because they've been playing three straight days. Yeah, it's part of the magic of it too, as well. Though, like I think about the. I believe the Syracuse Connecticut game that went to like six overtimes or whatever that was in the Big East tournament, if I remember correctly, right? Like everyone was just fried. I think it's part of the magic. I got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I would love that Jeremy, but also like do it in the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're, they're like, they're benefited. Yeah. U of A's benefit because they played better in the regular season. Yep. I, I get it. Like, there are two sides to this argument, but then, you know, you're deprived of really good basketball games sometimes because the legs are just not the players and and i don't i don't even see that as like in the top 40 reasons why arizona state lost this game (laughs) either to be honest like i think that arizona state had ample opportunities to win this game i think there was like 11 minutes left and asu was down i think eight or nine and it was one of those points where arizona just kept hitting big threes to keep the lead around like six to nine points ten points somewhere in there and I was just tweeting like that they need to chain together defensive stops and end this game before it gets interesting. And what they did instead was turn over the ball over and over again. They had 15 tonight, and then it was a four-point game all of a sudden. And the ASU was that, – that was it right there. ASU was in it, and then there was the bad call with Paula's block that was verticality, but he was moving across, so it should have been a foul. The big three, that's the momentum swing. The game's over. But ASU had a ton of opportunities to win this game. Like, again – uh, clearly with the conversation we had about Tubelis, I'm obviously operating from a different standard of like, yeah. I think this team should be capable of winning a national championship. So when I look at 78 points, I look at that as being low. And, and guess what? Like for Arizona standards, it is low. Like this was a pretty good, if you tell me Arizona shoots 53% from three, I'm guessing that they scored 95, but they scored 78. So I thought this was a pretty good and a winnable game for Arizona state, but they didn't get it. And I think that's fine. Like you guys are saying, They've been through a lot in the Pac-12 tournament in the last week or two already. I think they've done enough to get in. But, I mean, we're going to see. Like, a, Lenardi doesn't have Oregon in, right? And he has ASU in. As yeah, of yesterday's result. But we were talking about this. The, those final four minutes could have been a problem. Could, yeah. be, could be a problem for ASU. Just the, mar- the margin of victory... Like the, yeah. the not all of the people that have a say in who gets into the tournament are watching every game. Some of them are just looking at the box score, and if you look at the box score of this game, oh, you're saying the point differential? Yeah, oh, yeah. Lost by, oh yeah, they did. They did lose by 19, and that stuff doesn't That's matter. That's not no, you're, great. You're, so it was a. I'm looking. This right was now, mostly it, within ten points. A, when it was a four-point game, that was with seven minutes left. And then by four minutes left, they were down 12. And then it got to 17 with two minutes left. Yeah, I see what you guys are saying. But I I think that's a bit – I think that more what's going to happen here, guys, is that if Oregon and ASU both don't make it, I think that speaks to how the, the committee is already, like, not taking the Pac-12 seriously. And I don't know if they're right or wrong in taking the conference seriously. I know that people – one of the themes I saw going up on Twitter was if a Big Ten team gets in with this many losses or whatever, as as opposed to uh, like ASU or Oregon or whatever, that's a joke. But it, it but it is a far better conference at the same time. Yeah. So I I don't really know how to feel about it necessarily. I think that 
anytime in these kinds of situations, you can look at one or two games. You should have won the San Francisco game, obviously. <laughs> really stands out in terms of how bad that loss was as well. But I do think that ASU deserves to get in, but I do feel unsure about it just because I think it more comes down to how seriously the committee takes the Pac-12 more than anything. Because I wouldn't be surprised unless U of A wins tomorrow, which I don't think they're going to against UCLA. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they got a three seed instead of a two seed, honestly. Going back to just the game itself, uh, you mentioned the Sun Devils' poor defensive possessions. I thought their offensive possessions kind of went back into some of the bad offense we've seen this year. They And I, on Wednesday, I was like, don't shoot any threes. Yesterday, I was like, I'm wrong. Compl- you know, shoot threes. And then tonight, I was like, you need to shoot more. Like, they were not aggressive enough and making decisions on what they were going to do and there was one point where Bobby was calling an offense and they just totally didn't run anything and he got super frustrated and yeah I just thought the offense left a lot to be desired and like Frankie Collins at one point tried to dunk it instead of just laying it in like that was a huge turning that was a huge yeah it's just like they were down by six I believe at that point yeah just you know you're you're a you're a diminutive guard go up there and make sure that you make the shot instead of trying to dunk the ball like we all love dunks but you don't need it to do it there and so yeah I just thought their offense you know Warren Washington again struggled I was not a fan of Arizona State's offense tonight I really thought that led to most of the season yeah most of the season (laughs) uh but yeah I thought that was a big factor in why they lost. And to me, I think they should get in. I think if you look at their amount of quad one wins, uh, here we go with quads again. Yeah. You know, where, you know, what hey, they've wait, done this on, year. Kellen, how does it feel to not have to worry about quads? Oh, uh, fantastic. But it's also would be nice if my team made the final four when it was supposed to one of the seven times it's happened since I got into middle school and it hasn't happened. So, you know, different kinds of problems. We were talking about getting uh, an apartment in like a timeshare kind of thing in Dayton. What do you, would, would you go in on that with us or? Aren't you guys going to be in Vegas? Well, no, well, we're we're getting a timeshare in Dayton is the thing because we have to you know, because we're going to Dayton every year is the problem. Yeah, yeah. that's the only place that ASU goes to the tournament is the the, the play-in play-in. games. Yeah, so it's uh, that, it, you're the, making a play-in joke. I'm making an NIT joke. Okay, yeah, yeah the, I got the uh, I got mixed up there. Mm-hmm. No, the so uh, they're always in the play-in. Yeah, I was the, saying we should get a timeshare. Dayton basically. plays at their arena, and then the secondary tenant is ASU. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, but I think ASU deserves I, to get in. That's my that's my opinion. Will they get yeah, in? To what you're to what you're saying, Jesse. Like, I don't know if I got lost in translation there, but I, I didn't mean to say if I did that they didn't play good defense tonight. I thought they played pretty good defense tonight. I think they're mostly every night they play pretty good defense. Like, I wasn't on yesterday when they played the best game I've seen them play all year. They were incredible. <laughs> yeah, like, that looked like a team that could make the final four yesterday. And <laughs> that's a, not that's just how it is sometimes. Point shooting, like. It's how it is sometimes, but when you play defense like they do, if your offense is just the the gears are spinning like that so fluidly, you can make a deep run when you play defense like they do. But yeah, tonight offensively, the process was just broken the entire night, especially especially during that run where the game was within four and it was kind of all there. And it's just too hit or miss. It's just too volatile for like to your guys' point on Tubelis. Cambridge being the leading scorer on this team is, is a problem just because of how volatile he is. I, I think the stat I had last night is that they're 10-2 and two when he scores over 15 points in a game. 
And it's just like, it's pretty clear cut. Like when he puts up numbers, they do pretty well. And the Washington problem, I get what you guys are saying because I like Luke Brennan as well, but Washington is like the reason why they're such a good defensive team because of the the presence that he has inside and the Cambridge is on the perimeter as well. So I, I think that they should get in and I think that their defense, I don't have any reason to, that not that the crazy part of this conversation, Jeremy, is that if we're looking at this more of how encouraged are you about their tournament chances as opposed to if they're going to get into the tournament, I would be extremely encouraged if I was a Sun Devils fan after this tournament run, like especially what they showed capable of being what they were capable of being yesterday. I'm we just were, worried. Yeah. Uh, well, we were saying that before the year even started because we saw that they have a lot of veteran. I know it's a cliche at this point, but they have veteran guard play, senior guard play, and, and like they have they have players that have played in some tournaments before i i think their their depth was great if you looked at it preseason because you you had bagley on this team but now it's kind of like where does that backup who's the backup point guard they don't really have one right now with with uh nunez out will he be back for the start of the tournament if they do get in i don't know so there's a lot of question marks on this team they have what it takes to beat the top teams it, not UCLA, but they have what it takes to beat. Some they could of, beat UCLA. The, some of the top if they 20, play well. Yeah, they have. Uh, they almost did. They, <laughs> they have the talent to do that, and a lot of teams in the country do. Is just if they play to that talent level, they they could do it. But it, it doesn't happen very often, and we saw that on display tonight when they really couldn't make three pointers or any shot at all. Here's my last thing that I really need to say in this podcast or want to say in this podcast. I think ASU deserves to be in the field of 68. I do not think they deserve to be in the field of 64 right now. So I think that they should make the tournament. I think they should go to Dayton again. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I what I think they've done this season. Before we let you go, Kellen, I wanted to get your your just overall perspective. I, I know you said that you think Arizona is going to lose tomorrow. What needs to happen for Arizona to make a deep run into the NCAA tournament? Uh, they need Azulis Tubelis to play to the caliber that he is, which I believe is the best player in the country when he has everything going. And they just need their perimeter players to find ways to consistently contribute offensively because when Benedict Matherin didn't have it going last year, Dalen Terry was doing playmaking off the bounce. When Dalen Terry didn't have it going, Benedict Matherin was getting to the foul line or Christian Coloco was getting deep seals. Like They just had these ways of getting offense last year that were – individual based with like a really specific skill and if you look outside of Tubelis and Bala like Ramey hits deep pull-up threes Creasa takes threes Henderson takes like there's no defining aspect I wish we would have seen a lot more of Larson Henderson and Ramey establishing themselves more off the dribble but that just wasn't realistic as of six weeks ago I started to kind of realize that that was kind of asking too much out of them so I just think that they need to maintain the style of play that they've had and avoid turnovers like tonight it's great that they got to 23 assists on 31 field goals but they turned the ball over 15 times and it against a a better a better not a better team but a team playing better they would have lost this game because of the way they were turning it over in those last 10 minutes so i just think turnovers tubelis and the perimeter players making an offensive impact i would say defense but let's be honest like this is just going to be shootouts probably for them it's just going to be if they can outscore the opposition and the crazy thing is like they could outscore every team in the country and just win the title off of that as you can tell i'm not optimistic if i had to guess i would say that sweet 16 or elite eight gets them again 
Uh, I'm extremely nervous, though, about the first weekend, even if they're a two-seed or a three-seed in that first matchup. Because if they get the right matchup and Tubelis isn't playing well, anything can happen. Um, real quick, uh, Suns prediction tomorrow. Do they win against the Kings? It's a big game for standings-wise. Yeah, for some, I think they do. For some reason, Sacramento hasn't been able to really get up for these two matchups yet, and I think it's going to continue. The stat that I had in the the uh, the stat that I had in the story today was that I think Booker shooting sixty three percent against the Kings in two games and has seventy something points. <laughs> he's playing really well against them, and he's also playing out of his mind right now in the current form. And then Chris Paul played really well in that game. DeAndre Ayton played really well. Like their best players have played well against Sacramento this year, so I think that's pretty. Pretty easy for me to say, yeah. Check out all of Kellen's work on the Arizona Sports app or ArizonaSports.com and check out his fantastic podcast that he does with Kevin Zimmerman called Empire of the Suns. That is wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, what he said. Right, Kellen? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Kellen, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. That's going to do it for us here on State of the Sun Devils. Follow us on Twitter at AZSportsNet. Devils, we'll talk to you on Sunday where hopefully we'll be celebrating a trip to Dayton, Jesse. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) All right.